And welcome to a very, very special episode of Virtual India Sourcing Show today. We are celebrating the holidays and we are celebrating, we're we're bidding farewell to 2020. <laughs> I think I'm more excited about 2020 going than 2021 arriving. And we have got a house full of amazing guests, all of our India Sourcing Trip coaches are with us today. <laughs> we have Tim, Chris, <laughs> no, both of you this side. <laughs> Margaret, Gary, Kevin, how is everybody doing today? Pretty well, thanks. Thumbs up. Yeah, going, going great. It's my, it's my daughter's awesome. birthday today, so um, I've been celebrating with her this morning, which is fantastic, so it's a very exciting day. Awesome, awesome. So what we're going to do today is we're going to just gonna have a casual chat and yeah ask our coaches how 2020 was for them what they think about 2021 and just you know just have some fun we've got all we've all got off all our christmas hats and tim has, is wearing a special costume and <laughs> tim why didn't you he tell us about it message. he thought it was easter right, tim got so, the wrong message he thought it was going to be easter <laughs> no this absolutely is a christmas um costume and for those of you that are watching, please tell me you know what movie this is referencing. Because everybody on this panel right now said, Tim, why are you wearing an Easter costume? And I was like, this costume is from one of the greatest Christmas movies ever. Ever. And nobody gets it. Like, I feel like I'm in the Twilight Zone right now. And nobody knows what the, the pink Nightmare Bunny costume is. I'm sure Mark will know what it is. Mark, do you know what? If, what anyone, if anyone should know, Mark Riggle will know. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, surely somebody knows because there can't be a bunch of people out there like you guys that have never been cultured <laughs> in quality Christmas. We haven't looked in. <laughs> you guys are hilarious. Uncultured. <laughs> uncultured. <laughs> Can you? There, cool Easter costume. <laughs> Mark, thank you. Mark, Chris, the story. Allow me to share my screen. It's this Christmas story. Look, see the little yeah, pink bunny? Yeah, Mark, got it. Yeah. See the little pink bunny on the ornament? Yeah. Yeah, right. got it. Christmas. If, if you guys have never seen this movie, Ralphie, thank you, Sharon. Ralphie. Oh my Ralphie. goodness. People actually know <laughs> I feel like the world has totally redeemed itself right now because those of you that are watching live, I've just spent 10 minutes being berated by my co-panelists <laughs> explaining to me that they have no clue what I'm wearing. And like all of the Christmas spirit has just been wrung out of me right now. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. You'll shoot your eye out. Come on. <laughs> and I am sweating. You guys know how much work it was, one, to put this thing on. Because this is a size medium, and I'm not a size medium. Okay? Like, if I stood up, I look like a busted biscuit tube. <laughs> so I forced myself in here just to be made fun of and told, I mean, this is just awful. I didn't know who you were. No, Jessica. None of these people <laughs> have seen one of the greatest Christmas movies in the world. I don't get it. Sharon says one size fits all. Uh, no. 
Nope. <laughs> if this thing has bombs on it, my butt's too, too big to be one size too I'll triple uh, dog dare you. There you go. Yeah. Christmas story, of course. One size fits all. <laughs> okay, cool. So before we get started, why don't you guys just uh, do a quick introduction for people who may have been living under a rock and don't know you guys. So <laughs> Gary, why don't you go first? Quick introduction. Well, my name is Gary. Um, I'm super thankful to be on the, the show today. Happy holidays, everybody. And um, I'm one of the coaches on India Sourcing Trip, and I also run the Seven Figure Seller Summit online. So, um, and yeah, I'm based in Japan right now, and uh, we, our family and I have kind of been stuck here, um, but we're very, very thankful. Things are pretty stable. And yeah, ecom it's still going very quickly, and uh, just thankful that you know, even though it's like the rest of the economy maybe struggling, ecom is like one of the silver linings. Um, yeah, just thanks guys for for having me today. Awesome, Chris. Uh, yeah, so I'm, obviously I'm Chris, and I run the Australian Seller Podcast, and have a, a group as well, and uh, part of the team. So I'm very excited to be a part of all of well with all of you and hopefully Megla you can give us an update today maybe on what might be happening next year well maybe we still don't know but anyway that's that's me in a nutshell Tim hi um, <laughs> so my name's Tim Jordan I've done uh, a lot of e-commerce stuff AMPM podcast Hickory Flats private label legion uh, now I'm working with sellers funding, among other things, uh, sell myself, and apparently in more culture than Christmas movies than everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I guess the first question I want to ask all of you is, what has been your biggest lesson in 2020? So Gary, do you want to tell us what has 2020 taught you? Yeah. This year has been totally unprecedented. Unprecedented, if I can talk. Um, I feel like it's it's like what they say, you know, when there's it's like an auto racing. Like you don't overtake people on the straightaway. You overtake people on the curves, right? Because that's when things change and how fast you pivot. I feel like this year has been like the biggest curve in our lifetime. And, you know, there's like some industries that have been hard, like travel, but other industries, they're exploding, like e-com. So I feel that this year, even though it's tough, it's scary, we don't know what's going to happen. You know, I don't even know where my family and I will be in like two months from now, you know, once like our extension went out. Uh, I mean, we're just doing the best we can and there's still a ton of opportunities out there. Um, like again, e-com is like one of the silver linings, um, you know, going this year and, you know, we've got to just keep pushing and, um, you know, there's still a lot of positivity out there, including what, you know, Megla is doing and, you know, what everyone else is doing. Um, you know, there's a lot of negativity out there, but we're just trying to bring some light to, to that and just help people out. So, um, yeah. I if you had to describe 2020, so if you had to describe 2020 in one word, how would you do that? Um, 
say. Um, that's a tough one. <laughs> that's tough. Yeah, I would say curve. Like what I said earlier, like everything summarized into that curve. How you're gonna take that curve? You know, some people will be left behind. Some people are gonna be ahead. So, yeah, I'd say curve. Awesome. That's great. So who do we have here? Bill and Mary. What's going on in here? Must have been living under a rock. <laughs> helium tequila. Tim, where's your helium tequila? <laughs> it, uh, it was consumed. <laughs> it got drunk. Hi, Jamie. Merry Christmas. <laughs> okay, Tim, what about you? How, how would you, dis not how did you, but what is the greatest lesson you've learned in 2020? I think, um, especially in the world that I get to be a part of this kind of entrepreneurial world, I think that the biggest lesson that I've learned is that people are amazing and people can adapt. And that when it seems like the world is falling down on us, we need to be looking for the upside because there usually is one, right? Um, you know, going into this year, everything changed. You know, a lot of what I was going to be doing this year involved live events and meetups and Megla, the same thing with you at their India trips. And there was just so much stuff that I was involved with that had to change on a dime. And it was very discouraging. It was very disappointing. And uh, all this crazy stuff happened where, you know, our kids were stuck at home. And But people adapted quickly. You know, we were talking about, I remember March and April, you know, global recession coming. And I mean, the stock market, at least in the major, you know, world powers is continuing to go up. And it's not because people don't have struggles. It's because they figured out how to uh, pivot and how to continue to succeed. Right. So this year has just proved to me that like you can throw some pretty bad stuff at us as humans and we can figure it out and we can be resilient and we can keep going. Yeah, I think, I think that's a good one. <clears throat> Chris, what about you? I think Tim actually just stole all, all my good lines, but I was yes. going to say adaptability. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, the one thing I've learned this year is really just to be adaptable and, you know, get ready to pivot when you need to. So they're probably the two big takeouts for this year for me. Um, the other thing that uh, really stood out for me as well was um, I got spread very, very thin. Uh, so I lost a bit of focus. Um, I sold my main business this year, the Amazon and e-commerce business that I owned. Um, probably could have exited from that business with a much bigger exit than I did. And mainly, the main reason for that was really just sort of getting a little bit spread too thin over, um, you know, lots of shiny object stuff going on. So uh, looking forward to getting the focus back in 2021 and hopefully uh, we can all burn an effigy of 2020 on New Year's <laughs> Eve and set fire to it. <laughs> So I think we might yeah. start selling 2020 effigies on Amazon, actually, if I can get them in in time. <laughs> How would you describe 2020 in one word? And Tim, I'm going to ask you that as well. <laughs> Who's first, me or Chris? Chris. Chris. Oh, me. Oh, right, right. I would just yeah. say crazy. I'm just, just going <laughs> to throw out crazy, 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 crazy. Sorry, that's four words. <laughs> Tim. I'm going to have a hyphenated word. Dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah, that about describes it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kevin, what about you? What has been your biggest uh, learning from 2020? Um, pretty much the same as how we've pivoted. I mean, we um, were on track to do certain things and we just did a 360. I mean, even 
you know, the stuff we've done with you over the course of this year, Megla. I mean, it's a complete 360 for myself and Mark. And we've also had to look at, um, you know, a few different things that we're sort of involved with and sort of um, either backtrack or, or push forward. But, I mean, mainly we've just pushed forward through all the, all the, the mud and pushed stuff uphill, <laughs> so to speak, and keep on, yeah. and keep on doing it. And, uh, you know, we're, we're just like everybody else. We're just going to keep going with the flow. And um, like Tim said, there's a lot of positivity and, you know, the human spirit, which has been fantastic to, uh, you know, to be involved with um, on all fronts. So, um, yeah. Exactly. Margaret, how about you? Excuse me, I've got a dog. I've, I've got a dog here being very naughty because he wants the food that I've got. Um, yeah, I think probably the biggest lesson is that you know you can have this great year planned and you've got everything set in stone. You're doing this, you're doing that, and you know ordering all this stock from India. We found all these great products, ordered them all, and you know then Jeff decides to change the rules in about what September, October, and you're stuck with a lot of product that you you know haven't got room for. You can't get into Amazon. So I think um, it's a lesson that. You know, you just can't sort of think, right, all this is going to happen and everything's going to be fine, that you've got to be able to then think, well, how can I get around this? What am I going to do now? Um, you know, like your life has been this year probably for most people, I'd say the biggest change for anyone probably since, you know, the wars. I don't think anything this horrific has sort of happened to the whole world as such that we've never been able to travel or, you know, do all those things that we're so used to doing. And I think I'm, I'm hoping that it, changes really quickly and we can get back to normal but i think maybe the world will never get back to exactly what we that freedom where we would just jump on a plane and do this and do that and be a bit more free-spirited i think everyone's going to be a little bit more on the back foot in case something like this ever you know or if it, the you know vaccines don't work we could be you know back in this doldrums in six months we just don't know it's just stop it <laughs> I've got a naughty child. Does anyone want a child? <laughs> yeah, I think for me, um, you know, 2020 has been. Okay, go ahead. Mm. Yeah, I think um, I was just going to say for me, 2020 has just been so transformational. I think that's the word that I'm using for 2020, transformational. And I have learned so much about myself <laughs> that I am resilient and um, I can adapt. And it's, it's been, you know, really a tough year for everybody. But, yeah, you, I think all of you are right. We've just been able to change and adapt and um, make the best of, you know, what, what, what we had. So let's just see if uh, there are any questions here. So, guys, if you have any questions for our panel, post them in the comments. Anna Davidson is saying, loving the festive style, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Anna. Margaret, well said. Um, Tim, Suchi, Merry Christmas to all VIS team members. Thank you. And Sunita. Okay, so Kevin, do we want to move on to the next question? Oh, before that, Terry yeah. saying, smile, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would just say, um, what's everybody looking forward to in uh, 2021 and 22? So who Tim, wants to you go want first? to start? What am I looking forward to in 2021? Yeah. Yep. Um, my official answer is the continued adoption and growth of e-commerce. And the reason that's important is because as e-commerce grows as a sector, we grow as entrepreneurs. I was just reading reports over the past couple of weeks about how the entire industry of e-commerce this year rose for over 40 percent. 
Now for an entire industry to grow 40%, that's like unprecedented. That's never happened. But what's even more interesting is that e-commerce sellers, Amazon sellers, their businesses have grown on average. So including the losses, 80%, right? So there's a lot of people that have done extremely well this year. Now, of course, that's been overshadowed by the virus and the crazy politics and the Australian bushfires and like this huge list of things that made 2020 uh, that dumpster fire that I described it as. But what I think is really interesting is people are going to continue to use this high adopted rate of e-commerce because now it's a part of everyday life. Like we've made it a habit. People that would always just go in brick and mortar stores, not use e-commerce you know, marketplaces prior to 2020, they're going to continue using it, right? Because now they're used to it and they like it. So looking to 2021, I'm encouraged and I'm excited because we should get rid of some of the bad headlines and keep a lot of the good ones for those of us that, that especially sell on Amazon. Good answer. Excellent. Yeah. What about you? What about you, Gary? I feel that it's, I mean, the pandemic has accelerated e-commerce growth. It's been like a injecting uh, like a growth theorem into this whole e-commerce and it, you know, the last six to 12 months has been, I mean, I mean, it should have taken like five years for all this growth to happen. And, and from the consumer's behavior, I mean, if you look at like seniors, like, you know, our, our parents' generation, like you know, my mom was very resistant to shopping online and now it's like out of necessity, like consumer habits are changing and it, all signs are pointing to e-commerce. So I think that it could be, I mean, it's almost like 20, 21 it could be like a, you know like 2015 again you know like so much more demand so much you know new shopping behavior going to e-commerce and if you look at some of the big players they're like struggling to keep up like you know like big crew you know they're going out of business and even like brooks brothers these are like you know 100 year like institutions and they're they can't keep up but you know us being you know, they're kind of like the Titanic and we're like a speedboat, right? We can, we can take advantage of these new opportunities. So I think that there's, you know, a lot of, a lot of opportunities, a lot of optimism and, you know, we got to take action. We got to, you know, keep doing what we're, what we're doing so we can, you know, guide this wave. So you know, I'm optimistic. I, I feel that, that there's a lot of new opportunities. I don't think it's going to end. I don't think the e-com growth is going to end. Because there's still a lot of uncertainties with the whole lockdown and yeah. quarantine. I think you know a lot of a lot of people are just, you know, finding out, hey, this is actually easy. You know, I don't have to drive to Walmart and hours back and forth and doing parking and, and all that. I can just click up a button, I'll have it you know, on my doorstep. Right? So, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic. Yeah. I, I certainly think there's a lot of opportunity um, sort of sitting there waiting and as entrepreneurial sort of people. Uh, we, if we can see the opportunity, um, you know, that's it. Off you go. Um, and I think there's a lot of opportunity next year because the, the, the economy is just going to take off next year. But, the, 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 you know, just the necessity of the, the economy. The, I mean, all the things in Australia are starting to bounce back right now. I mean, all everything's opening for us, um, whereas there's still... Uh, some countries, you know, sort of locked down. I have a sister that lives in the UK and they're still restricted um, somewhat. Um, I'm not sure what's happening in the US right now. Maybe Tim can fill us in on that one. Um, 
But yeah, lots of opportunity around the corner. What so about Chris. you? Yeah, what about you, Chris? Um, well, I think there's, I, I see a big return in confidence uh, next year, mainly because of the vaccines that are being rolled out in the US and hopefully throughout Europe soon. Um, and then hopefully as well, uh, that a lot of the vaccines are actually rolled out to you know, less developed countries, dare I say, so that everybody benefits and the whole world gets everything back under control. So I, I think probably by the middle of next year, things will hopefully be a lot more stable. And I also think Amazon's going to get its you-know-what together as well uh, in 2021, uh, where we'll see Amazon lifting inventory restrictions and things like that as it starts to really build out its capacity. <laughs> it's investing a ridiculous amount of money at the moment in not only staff, but also in their warehouses too. So that's going to be really exciting. Um, personally, I'm really looking forward to, I mean, I'm having a bit of a break at the moment, having sold uh, you know, a couple of businesses actually in two years. Um, so uh, I've got a little bit of cash in the bank, so I'm looking forward to actually starting up a new Amazon e-commerce business uh, and, of course, sourcing as many products as possible from India. Um, no offence to you, Gary, <laughs> with all the work that you do in China. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's really what I'm looking forward to next year and really springing forward and being really focused on that. Well, I guess now's the time to be cashed up. Now's the time to be cashed up, isn't it? <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Gary. I say that now's the time to be no, cashed sorry. up, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Yeah, it's a good time to be cashed up. Sorry, Gary, I missed what you were saying there. Yeah, yeah. sorry, Gary. Uh, no, I was just saying I don't, I don't take personal offense to you know sourcing from any particular country. You know, I try to you know help as many people as I can. And, you know, I, I think India has a tremendous opportunity as well. I mean, especially you know during Chinese New Year when. China's shut down. I mean, it makes makes sense to diversify, but um, but yeah, that's, yeah. that's great. Congratulations on your exit. That's super exciting. Yeah, cheers. Thanks. Well, someone is saying U.S. is in bad shape, and Tim, look at this. Jamie also thinks you're wearing an Easter suit. Jamie hasn't seen the Christmas story either. You know, as discouraging as it is that you guys are lacking so much Christmas culture, it is exciting to know that I can introduce you to such a great holiday festive film. So, I mean, we're we're looking up already for 2021. We'll all watch it over Christmas. I'm gonna I'm gonna add that. Uh, to, to the Christmas playlist for my son. I mean, I'm trying to get him to yes. learn more about you know, Christmas. <laughs> yeah. you know, so yes, I'm going to check Netflix tonight. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, Merry Christmas. So, great app to see you all. You look all amazing. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so do you want to move to the third question, Mark? <laughs> Okay, yes, so I'll, I'll, throw, I'll, throw, I'll throw the ball around. I'll go to Chris. Chris, what's your advice for sellers in 2021? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I hadn't really prepared for that one. Uh, I've got a couple of little... <laughs> <laughs> it's an easy one. <laughs> advice for sellers. Well, first of all, diversify your sourcing. Uh, and be ready to pivot on a, on a dime uh, just in case things don't quite pan out the way you expect like this year. <laughs> um, uh, I'm turning into a huge fan of brand analytics at the moment uh, in terms of keyword research as well. So maybe that's a little tip that I could share where I've been um, 
been typing in a lot of what are called prepositions into uh, into brand into brand registries. You know, sort of what's it called, Tim? The brand analytics. Yeah. Brand analytics. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so I'm just typing in keywords like for, for, with, um, and. Uh, words like bundle, just looking at the ways that people associate, you know, something for something um, can create some really interesting opportunities, I think, in terms of product selection and keyword selection. Um, I've made a lot of money out of the word for in particular. Um, and so I'm also looking at words like with and, you know, those sort of uh, keywords to sort of look for ways that I can create new uh, and interesting products that really solve a very specific problem for, for people. So that's that's my sort of tip for next year, and that's sort of where I'm uh, dancing around at the moment. Okay, Tim, what about you? What's your piece of advice for going in 2021? My piece of advice is to make sure that you're ahead of everybody else in opportunity, right? Like be thinking one step ahead of everybody. Right now we're seeing so many people coming to the e-commerce space that are just doing the exact same thing, whether it's methods or whether it's products or whether it's even marketplaces. And people aren't paying attention to some huge headlines that are happening. So, for example, let's look at Walmart.com. Walmart.com is going bananas right now. And when you look at the problems that Amazon, especially in the U.S., has had, a lot of it has to do with things like infrastructure not being reliable or infrastructure not being robust enough to handle you know, this boom in e-commerce. But Walmart has it all. Walmart has essentially a warehouse staff distribution points in every single small town in the US, right? That's huge. That's important. So I think you need to be looking at Walmart. I think you need to be looking at some of the global marketplaces for Amazon that nobody's talking about right now. Nobody's, you know, screaming from the mountaintops right now that India just became the second largest Amazon marketplace. That's huge, right? So when I'm thinking about 2021, of course, I'm going to do the same things I have been doing. I'm going to keep trying to find new product opportunities, but I'm looking at different marketplaces and I'm looking at different regions. Okay, Gary, are you, can you hear me, Gary? Yeah, what's your piece of advice for 2021 for everyone? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I feel that the the world is changing so quick. There's so many new opportunities. Now, like, you know, for example, working from home, um, homeschooling. Yeah. You know, think about all the changes in your own the entrepreneur you know, each and every one of you guys that are out there think about what you're doing and what you can you know what you can solve your problems i think that that's I mean, there's so many new exciting opportunities i mean not just people you know, think about like you know like what it, what else do you need to go along with that right so i, I think it's a really exciting time right now i mean even though it's it's tough I mean, everyone's going through like really tough times. I think that you know, again, this this is one of the big silver linings, and you know, it could be a once in a generation opportunity for, for a lot of you. So, yeah, that's okay. that's my sorry for the long-winded answer. Okay. Thanks, Gary. Michael, what about I'll throw to you? What's your piece of advice to everyone for 2021? 
<laughs> well, I think, um, you know, diversification is just so important, not only in terms of sourcing, of course, we've been saying that for a long time, but, um, you know, selling on different marketplaces, like Tim was saying, I think that's very important. And we're, of course, more focused on, you know, sellers here in, in Australia and, and Singapore and Asia. Um, I mean, there are so many different marketplaces here, like, um, that are, you know, non-Amazon marketplaces that are growing really fast. So for example, in Singapore, there's Shopee and Lazada and Q10. And, you know, so those are the sorts of marketplaces that I think sellers should definitely consider, um, you know, over here. And um, yeah, I mean, diversification, I think, in terms of product categories, in terms of um, sourcing, in terms of markets, I think that's going to be very key. Don't put your, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Okay, what do you, you got to say about 2021 for sellers? Uh, bit of advice. I, I would say, um, I mean, if you if you sort of like Chris was saying, you sort of cashed up, there's going to be so many opportunities around the corner. If you have sort of got a looking for an opportunity and you are in a position where you've got some cash that you can actually invest or do something, I think that's going to be, you know, try and find those opportunities and jump, jump on, jump on it and, and sort of go for it. I mean, I've asked, I've had people ask me about stocks and shares and all this sort of stuff. I mean, even there's going to be opportunity and uh, yeah, just seek out the opportunities and go for it. Just go for it. Yeah. And Mark, what about you? <laughs> well, I suppose for people in Amazon, I think it's, well, watch this space and just pray that Amazon does um, sort of improve their, I suppose, service to sellers and, you know, um, let people have more storage or, you know, um, ASIN limits. And I think those things need to stabilise so people can get moving. Like I know lots of people who have actually done new products, got them over to America and cannot get them into Amazon because they don't have enough space for them. So I think... Um, you know, that's sort of, we need that sorted. I mean, people need to be given a little bit more warning. I know it was very difficult this year for Amazon, but also there's a lot of people with a lot of money tied up in stock that they are struggling to get in or have had to, you know, resort to FBM and cost them more money. So it's really affected, I think, a lot of people's bottom line or, or they're stuck with stock that they're going to have in storage a lot longer. So I think um, hopefully that that can all change. So I think people really need to watch this space on that and, you know, watch the trend of what's happening and, and just um, see how that's all going to pan out if you're, um, you know, with Amazon. Right. Let's take some comments here. So Mark is saying, ooh, fudge, although that's not what I really said. <laughs> <laughs> Mark's still oh, dropping the movie lines. There you go, Tim. Another person thinks it's Easter. <laughs> All right. Just, just add this to the list of terrible things that have happened in 2020, guys. Uh, I... Yeah, Gary, you need to leave. Hey, guys. Sorry. Okay. Uh, Merry sorry. Christmas, Gary. Merry Christmas, Gary. Merry Christmas to you and your family, Gary. Have a good one. Get back to. Got to get back to family. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, everybody. Uh, stay safe. Have yeah. a great 2021. And uh, happy Easter as well. Okay, we'll see you soon. You too, Gary. All the best. Hi, Gary. Take care. Bye. You too. Okay, so someone is saying Walmart won't let me fulfill orders in Amazon-branded boxes through MCF. Well, that is doesn't it? surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Is Walmart now accepting sellers who aren't U.S. companies? Do you know this, Tim? No, I'm not sure. I know that they're working on it. There are um, a lot of people outside of the U.S. that are just creating U.S. entities, right, which is very easy. So you just create an LLC in the U.S. and operate from there. Okay. And do you need to have an address in the U.S. for that? If you have a U.S. entity, you will have okay. an address. Yeah, I've got one in uh, in Delaware. Robert, just a- don't get me started. <laughs> the disappointment mounts. <laughs> okay, Margaret is saying, I think Tim looks cute. I've never seen Bunny with a beard before. <laughs> if, if I stood up and you saw how tight the bottom half of this costume is, you wouldn't be very cute anymore. <laughs> they would probably have to turn my camera off. <laughs> He's got, he does have whiskers though, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just going to say it's it's actually pretty pretty inexpensive to set up an LLC. Um, I used uh, Harvard Business Inc. I think or Delaware.com or something. I can't quite remember Delaware Inc. Just to set up like a I think it was about 150 US to get a US based company, and I've actually now got two companies over there. But you don't have to pay taxes or anything with them. They're just sitting there um you just renew them every year oh okay yeah but if you were putting if you, but if you were putting um if you were using them uh, chris mm-hmm. would you obviously then you sort of like you've got the tax thing if you're using them or does it come back over here well i've always had those companies but i've never actually traded through them so yeah uh, my company's based in hong kong uh so uh yeah, as long as, I guess as long as there's no link between that company and, let's say, a bank account in the US and yeah, you've got money yeah. flowing through, then there's no, um, you know, there's no sort of issue. So, but it, in order to set up a, a, a Walmart account, I don't know if that's going to work, but I might give it a try, actually. I'll mm. quite like yeah, that. Why yeah, why not? Yeah. It's interesting to hear that. Yeah. yeah, let us great all bit know. Of advice there from Tim. Yeah. So, Mama, the thing is making an LLC a must for non US. If you want to sell on Walmart, because they currently require a U.S. company, mm-hmm. but otherwise, no. no not okay, Roz. Yeah. Have a lovely Christmas, Roz. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, Tim, what's new in product research? Like, how do you think finding new product opportunities oh. will be different in 2021? Well, I think there's a lot more data points that we can use off of Amazon, right? So, as other marketplaces continue to develop, right? And other search engines continue to develop. A lot of them are now building out ads platforms. All right. So like Pinterest ads, um, Etsy ads is becoming more prominent right now. Even like Facebook ads and TikTok ads. Well, what that means is that the software that runs your data analytics for ads gets API access and can pull data. Okay. So what that means is there are software companies building tools right now to pull data from other platforms, which we've never had before, right? This is search demand. This is search volume. This is like really, really powerful stuff that's going to be extremely applicable to what we're doing. Um, One of the companies that are a piece of software I've been using a lot lately is called Marmalade. Have any any of you heard of this? No. Marmalade, just Google Marmalade Etsy. This is one of my top secret things that I'm sharing. Marmalade is like the Helium 10 for Etsy, but it's only $19 US a month. It's super, super cheap. And it essentially gives us search volumes. It gives us um, related tags. 
It gives us trending information for Etsy and Pinterest because Marmalade actually pulls content from Pinterest. Chris, I see your eyes getting big. Yeah. Chris, <laughs> if, if you'll hit me up next week, I'll get on and do a podcast about it on your podcast. Oh, oh, I would you'll, be just... the, you'll be the first big podcast that I've talked about Marmalade to. And if you yeah. want to, I can do a walkthrough video with you as well. And we can share, I can show you exactly all the features of it and how I use them. That sounds great, but I'm feeling sorry for Megla right now that she, she's kind of missed out. As a... Well, Megla <laughs> no. uh, won't appreciate it as much as you will because you're more of a nerd. Megla's like the cool hot chick and you're like the nerdy like goofball like me. So better, we nerds got to stick together, right? Better put my glasses on, Tim. There you go. Exactly. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. And Tim, you mentioned this in the boot camp, right? I mean, the two boot camps that we've done. So, yeah, I've been looking at it. Okay, cool. Um, so someone is asking, what percentage of Amazon sales can I expect from Walmart? That's like saying what color is best. And it depends on what products you sell, what categories you sell in, how you're manufacturing or um, how you're shipping and filling. It depends on how you're running ads. That's not really an easy answer. I will say that for me, Walmart is only about 15 or 20% of Amazon. But I'm investing in, in Walmart because I know that it's growing fast and I want to be one of the first people with a solid footprint there, right? So Walmart doesn't have all the bells and whistles and tools and analytics and all that stuff, but it's coming, right? Walmart invested $2 billion in Jet.com several years ago. B with a, like billion with a B, $2 billion. And Jet sucks. Like Jet, nobody's buying on Jet. Most of you have never heard of it. But the reason they did that was to start building the e-commerce infrastructure on the back end of Walmart. And that's what's happening. Right. And that's why they've just become the second largest online marketplace in the U.S. Right. They've surpassed eBay. It's because they've been putting in the work. So for me, even though Walmart doesn't have a tremendous amount of volume, I think it's a tremendous opportunity to start getting in place and learning and investing for the future. And Walmart is, of course, investing a lot in India as well because they own one of the biggest uh, online marketplaces there, Flipkart. So in India, it's basically Amazon and Walmart that are kind of fighting it out. And uh, yeah, Walmart is investing a lot there. And they've also recently announced that they're going to increase their sourcing volumes from India. So they're going to they're currently sourcing about, I think, three or four billion dollars and they're going to um, increase it to about ten billion dollars over the next few years. So yeah, they're getting pretty active everywhere. Just look at what Tim is wearing. Need me say more about the nerd thing. <laughs> Talk about that. <laughs> okay, what is the customer demographic of Walmart? Are the people that buy on Walmart the same people in their stores? I feel like this is a reference to the people of Walmart website. Have you guys ever seen that? Nope. No. No. Like, Walmart has a reputation of you can't dress normal to go in there. Like you either have to wear an outfit like this or be like in your pajamas, right? Because Walmart, like people just dress down to go in that place. So Facebook user, I can't see your name. If that's your reference, then yeah, probably so. But for the <laughs> most part, um, yes. I will also say that a lot of people are buying stuff on walmart.com that they don't even think to go to the store for, right? Like I go to Walmart to get super glue and eggs and milk and underwear. Right. <laughs> but I don't go there to buy like high end hiking equipment. But when I Google high end hiking equipment, Walmart's popping up 
And it, I might not be able to buy that in the store, but I can order it from .com because that's where the third party sellers are, right? So I do think the demographics of .com and physical stores in Walmart are going to be very different, largely because the catalog is going to be different. You can get a lot more stuff online than you can in the store itself. Sure. Um, did you source the, or did you buy the bunny suit from Walmart, Tim? <laughs> oh, this was 100% Amazon. <laughs> but I would be lying if I said I haven't worn this into a Walmart. You, 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 You're not serious. I am dead absolutely serious. <laughs> wow. wow. Tim is on the money with that. Here in Humboldt, Humboldt. County. <laughs> That is very true. Humboldt, Tennessee. Yep. (laughs) Okay. Warehouse question. Store inventory in US 3PL or in China? Don't store anything in China. Yeah. Why would you store it in China? Well, (laughs) the reason you store it in China is because um, it fits the drop shipping model well because it's inexpensive Mm. if you're using e-packets. But the e-packet system is drying up. It's not going to happen anymore. Um, and also consumers are becoming more savvy and they're starting to expect faster delivery time. So if they see a listing that says, you know, two weeks shipping, they don't want that crap. They want it faster. So start utilizing local distribution in the countries that are actually, that you're actually selling. One of the things right. too, Tim, this year has been just the explosive growth in 3PLs in the US, mainly because of the inventory limits and Amazon's Gosh, it's been insane. Yeah, what's happening there on the ground? So all the three PLs are backed up now. So what's happening is these the 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 three PLs that were already you know operational and running they filled up quickly. So they started expanding space, and then all these small you know small guys became big guys overnight, right? Um, so people are investing in automation. People are investing in communication software to communicate uh, order statuses and things like that. But the other thing that's interesting is now private equity funds. And like hedge funds are starting to invest in 3PLs because if you look at and this has always been the, the case, but nobody's ever thought about it. Right. Like you don't notice something's an issue until it breaks. And what's happening is everybody's looked at the growth of e-commerce, but nobody's looked at the reliance that all of that has on local and physical infrastructure. Right. Mm-hmm. So Amazon increases by 50 percent. But if their FBA centers and fulfillment only increased by 20%, you can't do that very long before you get really screwed up, right? And that's what we've seen this year. So now that this problem's come to light, all of these big investment funds are spending a fortune investing in 3PL. So for the next six months, it's going to continue to be just a complete dumpster fire, right? If you don't have a good relationship with a 3PL right now, <laughs> good luck. You might as well find some homeless guy to start shipping it out from the back of a JC Penny building, right? Because <laughs> you ain't getting no grass. But probably six months from now, once the infrastructure picks up um, or catches up, uh, you're going to be in pretty good shape. And another thing that's interesting is as Amazon continues to change the dynamics of retail, where a lot of these stores are going out of business, and I don't mean the stores, but I mean the shopping malls, because nobody goes to a shopping mall anymore, right? There are shopping malls now that are converting over to 3PL distribution centers because they're big, giant buildings. They have nothing else to do with them, right? So um, we're starting to see a lot of that kind of stuff happen. So I think in six months, we're going to be caught back up and there's going to be some really cool stuff happening in that sector. Interesting. 
Mm. Right. Okay, so marketing, I remember Megla interviewing the Argon 3PL. These guys are blowing off the charts. What will US-based 3PL take off the plate of Amazon? I think it's going to be overflow. I don't, I don't think that it's going to change Amazon, but I think it's going to change us, right? Amazon is never going to like be begging people to send their stuff into FBA, right? They're always going to be behind the curve a little bit. What the 3PL growth, the private 3PL growth is doing is just alleviating some of that pressure and giving us some options. But I really don't think that it's ever going to have a large bearing on Amazon because Amazon's just too big. Like they don't even notice. But Tim, a lot of those 3, 3PLs are still got a lot of um, PPE um, type sort of inventory sort of stored there as well. So that's taken up a lot of room for most of the you know normal sellers that would you know be able to i mean for instance one we use uh didn't he say mark that he had yeah um, he's got masses of ppe stuff there and like you said like they're sort of hoping that the, the next wave comes that they can get rid of all this stuff because people yeah. have just been left with a lot in a 3pl so yeah. um you know i mean i think the 3pls though um I suppose it's been a saving for a lot of us because we haven't put so much stock into Amazon, whereas you're paying that extra, you know, four times what you pay in storage. So most people's storage bill might be cheaper this year, but then, you know, there's other things via the transport of getting in and out and stuff that are going to, like, hurt it a bit. But I think um, it's not really affecting Amazon because their warehouse is still chocker, so they're still getting their $2.75 a cubic foot, so they don't really care. But once they expand, um, they might be a little bit more keen to make sure we put more stock in again because if they've got a bigger warehouse, they're going to want it full to reap that profit on that, you know, Q4 space. extra storage space, isn't it? Because, mm. you know, they don't want anything empty. I mean, I'm sure they want every cubic metre filled um, at $2.75, whereas, you know, for us at 60 cents or whatever it is in a 3PL, um, it's so much cheaper. So, you know, it's probably benefited a lot of people, you know, with, with their stock in particular this year. Yeah. And for those ones that struggle um, doing a shipping plan, uh, for the amount of shipping plans that they've been doing of late, they're going to be they're going to be experts. <laughs> so Mohammed is asking, how can we negotiate with a three PL? What cost structure can I lower so that I can keep up with my margins? <laughs> Who has some yeah. advice on this? <laughs> I think they're pretty cheap as they are. I mean, we pay five dollars for a pallet a month. I don't think that's too much to ask for the amount of space and you know work involved i'm pretty pretty happy with that i wouldn't want to try and you know if they're in a business to make money as well i can't see the point in yeah. at that sort of rate if they're dear that's different i mean if somebody's charging you ten dollars a pallet well hello but you know it depends on what what you've been charged where you are and here's the problem is the three pls have this reputation of being too expensive but it's because we are entitled all right. And I know that's like a bold statement to make, but it's true. And the reason we feel entitled is we've been spoiled by Amazon's exceptionally low cost for logistics and fulfillment. Amazon Prime, the project Prime, has lost $4 billion over the past five years. Lost. And the reason for that is they overinvest in infrastructure. They do crazy things like negotiate rates down with the shipping companies and then subsidize them so that Amazon's actually paying a significant portion that you're not paying. So Amazon sometimes will pay $7 to ship a box and they only charge us $4 to ship a box. Now, Amazon is tactically doing this to just reconfigure the way consumers work and expecting free two-day delivery, 
right? And it's working because everybody comes to Amazon. But the Prime system itself is losing billions of dollars, right? So what's happened is we've gone from using FBA and saying, oh, it should cost $3 to fulfill this. Well, think about what you're paying for $3. A warehouse worker is going out, grabbing that item, scanning the barcode. Then they assemble a box, right? A cardboard box. They put packing peanuts in it. They put the, or the, the foam cushions. They put packing slips in it. They tape it. They put a you know, label on it, and then they ship it to your door for like you know, a, regular, a small box, three bucks. What yes. earth is going to do that for three bucks? Nobody. Like it would cost me to, to send to my next door neighbor. It would cost me seven bucks plus the labor plus, you know, 30 cents for the box. Right. So what's happening is we're assuming three PLs are too expensive because we've been spoiled because Amazon isn't making a dime and the three PLs can't do that. Like they actually no. have to make money. Yeah. That's yeah. his job. What about things like seller fulfilled prime, Tim? Um, are you seeing a growth in that as well? Where, Sellers are basically, you know, getting the prime badge, but still doing, you know, uh, their own fulfillment, FBM. So I see a lot of people applying for seller fulfilled prime, but they're not getting seller fulfilled prime. Seller fulfilled prime, you have to uh, hit certain performance thresholds. When I first got it a few years ago, it may have changed since then because I haven't applied for it since then, but um, you had to have 100 consecutive orders, 100 perfect orders that arrived on time, that the tracking number showed they were up in time, the tracking number was uploaded correctly, all that stuff. And it took me a few tries to get it because I'd get to order 60 or order 75 or order 90 and then something would happen and the tracking number wouldn't upload correctly and they make you start start all over. So now I've got to do another 100 orders just to get it. Well, the problem this year is uh, all of the, the basically final delivery shipping companies are overloaded too. So even if... I buy shipping from the United States Postal Service or UPS or FedEx, and it's supposed to land three days from now. It might land five days from now, mm. right? Because they're just overloaded and it's sitting on a dock somewhere. So, Chris, the people that have seller fulfilled prime are crushing it right now. There's a lot of people that are applying for seller fulfilled prime, but there's very few people that are actually being accepted into it right now because they can't get the metrics to work. So, are there any 3PLs in the US that you could? used to try and get you know reliable ones that are fast <laughs> that you could use well, to try and get not the three pls it's the shippers mm. you know what i mean yeah because you just sure don't do. know how busy all those carriers and stuff are i suppose it's i mean yep. the coast is more choked than the east coast for example yeah uh, choked sort of in which way backed Sorry, up Tim. backed up you know with with freight yeah, so like inbound import freight, the West Coast is just a complete nightmare right now. Mm -hmm. East Coast is a little more open. But when it comes to delivery to consumers, the East Coast is the one that's backed up. Okay. Interesting. Well, that's just lack of, lack of um, chassis. Well, we so, just so, have, you know, the we, trucks. it's not chassis, it's the small trucks. It's UPS, it's the distribution centers, it's things like that. And it's because the East Coast is so much more densely populated there's just a lot more people on the east yeah. coast so there's fewer resources to go around and be able to absorb that blow i know california is heavily populated but aside from california the west is pretty wide open right it's not heavily densely populated so the east coast is the one that's got the problems also when you look at the states that are putting mandatory restrictions because of covid you know it's state by state the east coast has more 
significantly restricted states than the West Coast. And what that's doing is it's making places like the Postal Service and UPS and FedEx that are delivering these products to consumers reduce their staffing. Right. So they're going to 50 percent staff or 30 percent staff. They can't ship your stuff. If you go down to 30 percent staff in the middle of Q4 to UPS distribution center in New Jersey, guess what? Only 30 percent of the packages are going to get shipped and delivered. Yeah, right? That's right. All these things are stacking up to cause problems. And also those products are coming in from India that are arriving on the East Coast, too. There must be lots of those. Yeah, you sure. Yeah, although it's going through pretty quickly. We haven't had any issues with it coming yeah. from the port and even from my 3PL into um, AEB8, it's overnight. If he, if I give him like a, a um, shipping plan tonight, it's a, by that night he'll accept it. That afternoon it's down at UPS and it's usually on Amazon the next day. Mm. Very quick. I haven't I haven't struck that honey with small though, not with you know big container type stuff, just with small delivery parcels. Yeah. Contain containers, it's the whole. Well. It's a hold up with containers too, isn't it? More more of the um, SPDs will get through, um, but containers get hold up a bit more. Is that right? Well, it it depends on what port you're coming into for the containers. One thing that's happening right now is as the supply chain and distribution chain slows down and things get backlogged, there becomes a shortage of necessities. And one of the biggest necessities right now are um, chassis for containers, right? You guys know what I'm talking about? When you bring in your container, yeah. it's unloaded a port and it's put on basically a trailer bed. That's a chassis. Mm -hmm. And those containers will stay on the chassis for a long period of time if that container is not used. And right now, there's so many more containers coming into the U.S. than out of the U.S. that there's actually an overbooking or like an overage, like a huge stockpile of containers in the U.S. And a lot of them are sitting on chassis. So when stuff gets to the port, there's not enough chassis to go around. So getting containers out of port right now is tough. Mm. There's too many containers here. Yeah, amazing. It's like it's like everything's just out of kilter, isn't it? You know, because of, because of the lockdown, it becomes, it you know, like yeah. like we just misaligned the the cogs by like three percent, and now we got <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, amazing, absolutely amazing. So yeah. Facebook user saying, "I have a container that is supposed to be landing in New York this coming week. Is it likely to be delayed?" You are bringing a container in to New York who is going through severe restrictions and lockdowns right now in the heaviest week of sales of the year. Right. Um, also at a time when New York is prone to weather delays. So I can't say for sure. Cause I don't know what ship it's coming in. I don't know what port it's going in. I don't know where it's going, but you are shipping into one of the toughest places in the toughest times of the year. So, you know, a little more likely right now than you might have been five months ago to have some sort of delays, but you may get lucky and it may go through just fine. Right. So let's start wrapping up here and take a few more questions. Um, so, so Mark, can you just confirm this person is saying $5? That's very cheap. I thought 15 per pallet was a good rate. So you are paying $5 per pallet, right? Mark, are you there? Who's Mark? <laughs> Marg, Margaret. Oh, Margaret. She's <laughs> Margaret. Frozen. Is she frozen? Yeah. Kevin's frozen too. Yeah. Kevin, you there? Margaret, uh, you there? 
Am I I'm frozen? Like, I'm still still just sitting still. No, you're good. <laughs> Margaret is just admiring you. Admiring you. Take a picture, too. <laughs> so, Kevin, are you paying $5 per pallet? Yeah. <laughs> so that's what you're paying, right? Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, okay, Imran is saying, can you please recommend uh, any 3PL as I'm paying $125 per day per pallet, which is 375 per month. So Imran, what you could do is send us an email and we might be able to introduce you to the 3PL that Margaret is using. So this is our email address, info at indiasourcingtrip.com. Um, send us an email there and we'll try to help you. Okay, uh, any last questions from anyone before we start wrapping up over here? Mark, you were frozen. Can I make a yes. shout out? Yes, um, absolutely. I just, I just want to wish my sister in England all the best today because she's she's having a COVID injection. So oh, wow. I, I said I'll, I'll call her on Monday. And if, if she's still going on Monday, then I'll, I'll hopefully I won't have any fear when it's my Wait, turn. wait a second. She's being injected with COVID or injected with the vaccine? <laughs> she's having a COVID injection. Yeah. Let's hope it's the vaccine. Okay. Yeah, she volunteered, she volunteered to. Got so, it. To help, to help with the rest of humanity. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Okay, great. So We'll be in the first queue for the COVID shot so we can go back to India. I'm waiting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <same here. laughs> Please. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, um, everybody, um, for joining us today. And we're so looking forward to 2021. And hopefully we'll be able to travel to India together. But, I mean, who knows? <laughs> uh, the situation in India, you know, Chris, to answer your question when we started, it's getting better. Uh, the daily number of cases has been going down since September. So, you know, that's a good sign. India has also recently bought the largest number of vaccines or they have booked the largest number of vaccines in the world. So, of course, there's a huge population, so they do need a lot of vaccines. And um, <laughs> I mean, hopefully things will start improving um, maybe middle of 2021 and uh, we might be able to, you know, go back in October. Let's see how, how things go. Um, although the fair organizers, EPCH, they are planning to do the fair, the physical fair, they are planning to host it in March. They've announced the dates and they're planning to go ahead with the fair, even though there might not be a lot of overseas buyers attending the fair, they might have, you know, more locals attending. So yeah, let's see how that goes. And in fact, uh, Vietnam also held a fair just last week. So that is quite encouraging. Again, there were, it was a smaller fair. Uh, fewer people from overseas, mostly locals, but you know, at least it's a start. <laughs> That's terrific so, news. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. And if, if we're all jabbed, if we've all got vaccines by then, then maybe we can uh, we can mosey over to India. I guess. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. No, and I'd just like to say too, there's a lot of people who did our trip last year who are now Amazon sellers that brought products live, and so I think that's really great news that um, some of the people that travel with us and found products at the Delhi Fair have actually um, got through the COVID bit, got them manufactured and got them over into America. So I think that's really positive for quite a few of our and members. And especially like this year because it's been a lot tougher for the, for yeah. the newbies to actually yeah. you know, sort of like get going, you know, just to do the initial um, 
sampling and then do the rest and sort of get to where they are. So good on you. Good on you guys and girls. <laughs> yes, congrats. <laughs> okay, right. fine. Cool. All right. Thanks a lot, everyone. Happy holidays. Have a great Christmas and wish you all the very best for 2021. Thanks, King. Thanks all a right. lot, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks, guys.